Fuck you, bro. Now, now recording. Now recording. Yours is actually closer, damn it. Now record, recording. Recording. <laughs> There's people that can do the robot voice perfectly. You have to suck in, but then you have to get the S's right. Oh, interesting. Hello. 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 Fuck, I can't do it. Voice acting is cool. Hello. My name is... Not in my voice. Oh, there's another one. Have you seen the video where these two girls, they do one syllable each back and forth, and it sounds exactly like Siri? No, that's cool, though. So if you mimic it with your own face, it sometimes almost works. Hello, my name is Stephen Hawking. Show me your rectum. (laughs) (laughs) Your face is with me. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're finally doing this in person. Oh, yeah. uh, For the first time. So maybe that'll make it harder to edit, but I don't care. Uh, By the way, you should get that lump in your testicles figured out. I was just feeling them. I've been putting that off. Yeah. Anyway, my name is Bradley. This is my good friend Shannon. I've never introduced myself because fuck you. You were saying we could splice this anyway. What was I saying? <laughs> oh, uh, you're you're putting off watching a uh, oh this video. So because there's all these people that are in my life that. I said any of what is in this video, they'd just like completely excommunicate me. (laughs) What you do Um, is before, I don't even know what you're going to say, but I know what you do. You use Socratic irony. You mentioned this before. Ask them a question Uh, in the phrase of, it's like, I mean, the brilliant one, especially, okay, well, the video he's talking about is one by Jordan Peterson with a title with uh, Identity Politics and the Marxist Lie of White Privilege. There we go. And so what you do, I don't know, for instance, with white privilege or just uh, um, identity politics in general. Yeah. Identity politics. Um, Oh, okay. (laughs) It's fucking retarded. (laughs) That's the point. Okay. Um, What was I just saying? Uh, No, it's not identity. It's... um, intersectionality okay, there we that, go. Yeah, yeah. that's the word where well for instance this is the question i've always had since the beginning like 2014 when the blue hairs started taking over the world <laughs> it's the blue v blue war is it because well, it's like like the blue hairs and cops oh because yeah yeah anyway that's what the, that didn't land back back the blues at your local university <laughs> Back the black? No. <laughs> I can't say that because the black shirts were fascist. Oh. oh, you thought I was talking about races. Anyway. Nope. You laughed when I said black. You're going to laugh again. You're smiling now. Then I've said black. You're making like a cutting motion across <laughs> your throat as soon as I say black every single time. <laughs> yeah, that's just instinct. It's not good. Fuck. Well, for instance, with the intersectionality, who's more oppressed? A white woman or a black man? Right. And the answer is, you don't question that, but we know that a black woman is way more oppressed than either of them. And then it just goes... Cool, because they're not thinking mathematically, of course. They're not looking for a consistent logic. In fact, postmodernism coming from Sartre and whatnot um, is a critique of what they call phallogocentricity. Phallic logos. Masculine logos. Okay. Um... Which they think is the, the tyrannical <clears throat> setting of the West. Right. The, 
you know, as a byproduct of the patriarchy. Well, there's another thing about the patriarchy where it's like, okay, men and women are equal in every single way. Let's just assume that. Sure. Biologically even. There's literally no, there's no difference in DNA. All chromosomes are a social construct by the patriarchy. Every week in the mail, I get my extra 33 cents to the dollar sent to me in a paycheck, signed Obama, you know, whatever. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior. <laughs> yeah. I okay, with Obama jokes... I don't think it'll ever not be funny. It's just because the name is funny. Yeah. It's it's purely phonetic. It's nothing to do with the man. Exactly. Like, for instance, that's why monkey jokes are always funny. It's mostly the word. Yeah. It's just the name. That's why <clears throat> gay is always a funny word, no matter what it means. Right. It doesn't sound like I could never use it to, for instance, in the first podcast we did, the one that I released so far, um, I, I realized I kept saying homosexual over and over again rather than gay. Which I, I feel weird because it sounds so clinical, but like to me, gay just doesn't mean gay. It just means like it's it's just it's just a funny word. It's, it's a, been it's, like completely colloquialized. Yeah, it's it's a complete filler. Well, to me at least, in my yeah. Xbox party sort of vernacular. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just it's just a funny word. gay. <laughs> oh look, here's my respectable, uh, highly esteemed, accomplished friend. He's gay. It's like it doesn't feel right. <laughs> It's sort of a brash word. It's it's just a funny word. Yeah. Is uh, if I did if that word didn't exist, if there was like a character in a TV show that was like an alien and it was in a language that you know was completely made up, and they used the name "gay," it'd be funny. <laughs> it would still be. It's completely disassociated from meaning. Right. That's why you know all. That's why most memes catch on. Is they they say it funny. Like when we were in middle school, Vine just became a thing. Yeah. Twenty one. Guy said thing funny. These nuts. Ha ha. Ha. Daddy. <laughs> Fuck, that was really good. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, intersectionality. How the fuck did I get to the yay? The word I don't yay. Remember? Oh, we were talking about intersectionality. That was... It led to something important. Blue hairs. Black. Well, what Jordan Peterson mentioned in this in this uh, lecture specifically is that it is. like. Maybe what the postmodernists are oh, recognizing. Sorry, 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 sorry. Because we uh, we'll, we'll remember that part. Yeah. The patriarchy. Oh. Where so it's the idea. Okay, let's say men and women are exactly equal. There's literally no differences. We're all gray aliens. We all look exactly the same. Vision doesn't exist. At some point in history, that means that men won over women by deceptive means, presumably, so effectively <laughs> and so totally. It was like the fall of Babylon times infinity. They never recovered. They're all basically slaves in their mindset. That's not my opinion. But this is the philosophy. That at some point in like caveman times, when we were all in the same place, that, or they kept losing all over the world. Right. So from their perspective, it's really, really funny. From my perspective, I don't think that they lost. I think that it's a symbiotic, co-equal thing. I agree. And I think then, there are certain. And the only difference in the modern day is the access to effective birth control and low infant mortality rates, which means that a lot less time in an adult female's life is spent having children, generally. Okay. Uh, but there's also the. Culture. Which means there's more time for them to have a career, right, or anything, or more liberty with the biological uh, norm. There we go. That's a good uh, way of putting it. Or biological like exhortation. It's, yeah, but that makes it sound like someone's setting the expectations. That's true, yeah. 
God wills it. Deus Volt. That's what Deus Volt means. God wills it? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure. That's what, uh, you know about the First Crusade? I was just learning about Byzantine history. So, uh, fuck it, I'm not gonna okay. start this. Jordan Peterson. Uh, what, he, what he thinks they don't realize is that the answer to intersectionality is the individual. Yeah. Obviously. Because if you keep dividing along different lines, you're eventually going to hit one person each. Right. And the individuality is like the fundamental um, uh, cornerstone of the West. Exactly. Democracy. Exactly. That's what our entire um, culture is. But then yeah. there's this whole concept now of like communal sort of existence where everything and all of your all of your actions, your entire existence is centered around like aiding the community, aiding those around you in that is sort of removing individual uh, liberty. Well, that's from a nice way of putting what they think they're right. doing. That's what they think they're doing. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what they say. What yeah. So it's like the whole... So here's a big topic. One that I've thought about quite a bit in my study of history. Um, it's my hobby of history, I should say. I'm not a professional in any way. To me, it looks like the two great totalitarian regimes or ideologies overall fascism and communism mm -hmm. um, of the 20th century uh, because before then they weren't really ideologies unless you want to call all religion an ideology but they're really not not in the same way because those are really from the ground up if you look at history in any way i'm, I'm sure there's a top-down element in the more tyrannical phases of the catholic church but anyway totalitarian regimes yes they seem like so here's the thing i i've often had the thought uh, this is going to sound bad after that introduction like if I was had complete power, okay. if I was a dictator, what would I do to fix the problems? Because it's like it, you know you can complain about politics all you want, but you gotta have a fucking solution. And I think about like all of the problems, no matter what you did, any change you make is gonna be by force, top down. It's not gonna work. Right. It's not gonna. You're not gonna convince people. You know, the Mussolini's program to get people to start breeding more so they could boost up the population of Italy barely worked no matter how many incentives you put because it, it's not a, a problem with incentive nearly as much as it is the moral degradation of the culture hmm. and so to me it looks like in parts not totally the totalitarian fascism more so than communism they seem like last ditch efforts to fix a dying culture in a very perverse forceful way Okay. where it doesn't it doesn't actually because because it's not will it's not willed by the people in the same way it's like well how do you fix the roman empire from falling apart it's like well it was a slow rot from the inside when they lost the the, the roman spirit mm. uh, that was brought on by the republic and when did that happen and well the republic changed into the empire after caesar and that i've just been watching dan carlin who makes makes hardcore okay. history yeah. stop watching this purchase any of the podcasts or watch any of the free ones that he has on youtube best podcast ever ever um who's someone said that recently i was listening elon musk i think oh yeah that. he he was just on one of his things i haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay um i'm pretty sure it says the title is mustering victory engineering victory with elon okay so i'm assuming and i also saw uh dan carlin's podcast with Lex Friedman oh, yeah. where they mentioned that Lex Friedman knew Elon and Elon said that he and his former wife or girlfriend Grimes yeah they're not separated but they're not were they married I, that's my only question. oh married or just dating 
doesn't Tinder matter. Tinder is dating. This is what this is what we're interested in is a relationship. That's the podcast has always been about. Um, <laughs> all two episodes. Anyway, if I were to attempt to fix any problems, if I was dictator with absolute power, it, it, it wouldn't work. Anything after I die would immediately be undone or wouldn't be obeyed in the first place. It would cause civil unrest because the culture had degraded. Even if I had all of the best interests at heart and I was way wiser than I am and I actually knew what was good for everybody, let's assume. Even then, doesn't, yeah. you, know, you don't get... Sometimes you get a, uh, like at the very end of the Roman Empire, it's so broken and everything is so fucked that like you get a, a guy like Majorian or uh, Aetius who defeated Attila the Hun in battle. Mm, yeah. That, that's, you gotta fucking think about that. Or, or at least they, they think it's, it's sort of debated, but he, he didn't die from Attila the Hun, that's for sure. Which is, that's an accomplishment in itself. You don't, any settled society that can defeat nomads pre-gunpowder unbelievable well if you know anything about the mongol history which you don't but no. I'm, I'm gonna listen, listen listener yeah <laughs> clark what was i saying but that's the thing it's like that, that's that's what scares me i've never been terrified by politicians mm. perhaps that's an american luxury um i'm terrified by people because you know when the death squads come it's the people it's not the president that shoots you right and when they get voted into office and then start breaking everything is the people that do that. And when they start doing corrupt things, it's the people with blinders and ideologies on that defend it. I think the last five years, 2016, 2015, even to now are the perfect, like it was like the perfect litmus test for discerning whether people valued reality more or I want to say rationality. It's not really rationality. It's, it, I, in better put, it could be a posteriori versus a priori, mm -hmm. where it's like, this is good, therefore all suppositions after that are justified no matter how incommensurate they are with reality. You know, you see the most rational of people moved into red-faced, angered, screaming over God Emperor Trump. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that was, uh, for the <laughs> longest time, that was just the Roman salute. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's what he was doing when Hitler did that. <laughs> uh, you can see pictures of when American kids would do the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. They did the oh, right. the, the Roman salute. Um, and so, the, and it's it's like the ultimate, because the Romans are very, very, uh, like a masculine culture. They, they pinnacle of it. Ultimately patriarchal, especially in the Republic days. And so, like, that symbol, that thing, forward, you know, just this huge thrusting phallus, that's what that is. I don't know yeah. I mean, I'm being serious. Uh, fuck. Anyway, so, like, all of the problems of the modern day, I'm, I, it, it comes from the people. It comes directly from, it, it would have to come from a, a, the morality of the people, which I have no faith in. So that's, like, the big thing that keeps me awake at night. It's like, what? how do you deal with stupidity? Because it's always going to win. Right. Even if you have a perfect society where it's an intelligent, noble nobles, like morally good nobles. Yeah. And so when it comes to totalitarianism, it, it was like a last ditch effort to be like, oh no, we're going to stick to these old values and pervert them and twist them in different ways. Uh, it, was a, yeah. it was a violent reaction to the disorder of, of the previous times, um, especially the Nazis. Like you have no idea what it was like in Weimar Germany. No. Um, well, it's a lot like.
right now. I'm probably gonna cut that. <laughs> uh, they actually had like primitive. Interesting. So they had their own going around while sneaky Hitler is in the back rooms writing something. Designed the, the Volkswagen bug. Did he design it or did he just approve a design? I don't know. I, I doubt he specifically. He's sitting up. He's only on. I gotta engineer the largest war in history. Fuck. Let me make sure the angle on this hood of the car is correct. Right. He didn't. <laughs> get, he didn't get out his stencil and work on that. I don't think so. I mean, he might have given a nice uh, drawing of it. I don't know. He's a, he's a competent artist. Yeah. So this is a book I've been reading. Yes. This is a book that's designed to be read. You read a page a day. And there's, uh, a, there's a, a you know a, a page for every date, right. and there's a quote. So, you have, so if you miss one, you got to wait a whole year. Obviously, obviously, yeah. no, no, you're no. autistic. The first year, I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they don't need all this context around this book. It's called the Daily Stoic. We're stuttering and pausing a lot less. Probably because we're in person. Yeah, I have. I, I'm still I, stuttering. I just did it right there, but you don't notice. Yeah, it's easier for me to stay engaged. Yeah. Over the computer, it's just like there's so many possible distractions. My mind just wants because I'm not fondling your ball. <laughs> do you do that through the computer? No, because on you... the computer, I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. Because now we're in person. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's the focus. That makes sense. Let me just. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Doors closed. Okay. Anyway, this book is daily sort of affirmations from the Stoic perspective what do you Stoic mean I, i've heard that word a lot affirmations. affirmations um the way i'm using it in this context it just to mean that uh basically each day is set up with like a concept question a statement mm -hmm. and then there's uh you're sort of the a content of the page just affirming the truth of that statement or uh, sort of explaining the relevance just ex affirmation that to me that well to I, affirm something means to like validate validate yeah uh, so it's an effort, but it's like, when I hear that word, I think like self-affirmation, it's like your, your truth is, you know, live your truth. I hate that phrase so much. Yeah, that's fair. It's like, I can cheat on my boyfriend and still be a queen. Live your truth. Yeah. Affirmations generally are like statements that people repeat to themselves in an attempt to sort of validate that concept. That's weird to me. Cause like to me, just saying words doesn't mean anything to me. Like if I say sure. something positive, it doesn't influence my mood. Hmm. It, it matters if I believe it yeah, or if I can prove it to be true. Cause even believe that's a fuzzy word that I'm not sure how to define. Um, well, I mean, we could take the practical route. If you believe something, you act it out. So this was yesterday's. Yeah. And I sort of want to see what your thoughts are on it. Hmm. It's the seven clear functions of the mind. In air quotes. He did. No, I, I, yes, I did it in air quotes. There's no air quotes. They're, they mean this legitimately. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. absolutely, potentially. I don't know. Absolutely, yeah. potentially. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> genius. That's my fucking. Uh, okay. You're a great politician. I, I'm a great a, politician? You would be. I would be, probably. I, I hate that. That's like the laziest joke. Politicians lie. Ha ha ha. I was thinking about this last night. I was going to bed. I'm sorry. You're good. Last one I'll allow myself. Or 
I would not be a good politician because I'm not, I suck at lying. And by that, I don't mean just being deceptive. I mean, the necessary amount of lying you have to do in order to be in public view. That's you know, because I don't, I don't know how to play the game of like, society generally, let alone politics, which is like an abstracted version of it. Yeah. Uh, so it's an abstraction of an abstraction of a persona, which is three steps removed from reality. And so, you know, I, I, even if I had like all of this, like I found the middle ground between all of the different hot button issues. It's very, very popular and everything was like fine. But then like a reporter would say something that was like a gotcha question. And I'd be like, what are you fucking retarded? And then it'd be over. And then you rest in peace. I, I would be done. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I'm, I'm too stupid. I couldn't do it. So like, I couldn't do the necessary amount of lying where it's like, that's a good question. Like I'd fail right there. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of lying you have to do to be a politician. Yeah, a lot of lying to, to be presentable, or at least being extroverted feeling. But that's a different topic. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you have the seven clear functions of the mind, according to this. Well, according to, is it Epictetus or Epictetus? Epictetus, I've Epi heard. I, I mean, it could. Fine, we don't speak Greek. Fair enough. We'll say Epictetus, because yeah. it sounds funny. You have choice, refusal, yearning. Repulsion, preparation, purpose, and ascent. And so then the person who wrote this, which is Ryan Holiday. This name does sound familiar. But he wrote the whole book? Uh, him and Stephen Hanselman. I don't know how much each person did, what, but Ryan the, Holiday is the main name. I wonder what nationality or ethnicity Holiday as a last name is. Oh, I don't know. English. I know he's white. The second one's definitely German. On someone. <laughs> the first one choice is to do and think right. Choice is to do and think right. That's what this is saying. Yeah. So, well, let me just read the, I'll read the whole quote from Epictetus. Okay. The proper work of the mind is the exercise of choice, refusal, yearning, repulsion, preparation, purpose, and ascent. What then can pollute the and clog the mind's proper functioning? Nothing but its own corrupt decisions. Let's break down each one of these tasks. Choice, to do and think right. Refusal of temptation. So I guess they're uh, saying- So you can choose to refuse a temptation. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Well, look, here, let me just show you. Yeah, There's the separate first. lines. Choice. Which is to do to think right. Oh, refusal of temptation. Well, aren't those the same thing? So, okay, well, I'm, cont I'm, I'm contesting the very first fucking thing. Yeah, that's, that's good. Choice to do and think right. That, like that sentence, it's just nothing to me. It's like legalese. <laughs> I think what he's going off of is... Well, he's clearly going off of the Epictetus quote, right? Yes. Okay. And then it's implied that if you're choosing something, you're choosing the right thing. If you're doing it right. From your own perspective, it's the right thing. Because why would you choose to do the wrong thing? That's a great question that I have an answer for. Okay. There's this dilemma between two different presuppositions of evil, where there's two different questions. One of them is Nietzsche's, and the other one is Socrates's, which is also Epictetus's, mm -hmm. where it's like, if men knew what good was, they would do it. Since they have incomplete knowledge, they do not know, and mm -hmm. so they do ill, evil. And the Nietzschean, I forget what it was precisely, but I know that the, the stance is really more like well, 
evil is a thing people would want to do, even if they know it's bad. Hmm. People knowingly do evil. If you don't know that, you haven't looked hard enough, either at yourself or at history or other people. Choice. So I'm just gonna okay. We'll get past the semantics so we can get further on the list. But you agree? Obviously, choice is something that. I mean, do you believe in free will, or is free will an illusion? I believe that the illusion is there. Okay. And the fact that it's an illusion is irrelevant if it is. Fair enough. I agree. <laughs> okay. From the perspective of human beings, we have free will. That's all that matters. Yeah. Easiest solution. I don't care about the perspective of rocks. Yeah, Fair as a scientist does. What if they could? What if they could talk to you though? Would you then? I would probably go to the psych ward. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, if they were sentient, this is like a Star Trek dilemma. I'll just, I'll just watch the Next Generation. I'll get back to you. <laughs> the whole the whole show. I've heard it's the best show of all time by many people. Interesting. I have heard good things about. I, it. I've started watching the first, the original series, and I'm fascinated by it. We'll discuss that later. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Choice to do and think right. Refusal of temptation, which I guess is... That's that's the, way easier to understand. Yeah, you refuse... Is that not the same as a choice? No, it, it falls under choice, for sure. Okay. Um, yearning to be better, okay. to improve. Repulsion of negativity, bad influences, and what isn't true. Right. Preparation for what lies ahead and what may happen. Right. Purpose, your guiding principle. Is that, not, is, is that not, not the same as yearning? Well, the direction that your yearning takes you is guided by your purpose. Yeah. So. It's like a lock, a lock and key are the same mechanism. That's fair. Okay. Uh, and then your ascent. This is what I'm maybe somewhat confused of. To be free of deception about what's inside and outside our control. And be ready to accept the latter. I don't quite understand how that's ascension. Because when I think of ascension, I think of, you know, rising up. Yeah, to a, to a higher state. To be free of deception about what's inside and what's outside our control. So I guess that what they're maybe so insinuating like is rising that... above the whole situation, seeing it from a bird's eye view, so you can discern what is and what isn't. Okay, so it's sort of like holding that clarity of perception above ascent. Okay. The exact reason I brought this up to you is because when I read it, when I first saw the title, I was skeptical. I would be impressed if this is a sound summation of the functions of the mind. Right. It's such a complex system that we don't fully understand. Yes. And as an attempt to summarize it is almost almost seems futile. Yes. futile. Let's go back to the Epictetus sure. original where it comes from. Uh, the proper work of the mind is the exercise of choice, refusal, yearning, repulsion, preparation, purpose, and ascent. What then can pollute and clog the mind's proper functioning? So if you do these seven things, yeah, then your mind is incorruptible. I don't think that that's the functions of the mind gestalt all of them sure um a summary of all of the functions of the mind i think that's just a way to summarize it as a title or it's like the, the seven clear functions of the mind so clear as in not the seven that we can figure out but the seven that clear your mind okay does that make sense let me repeat that so yes. when it says seven clear functions of the mind is the title i think it means that the functions that clear your mind so that you can do what's right rather okay. than the seven functions which are clear to us that we can figure out exist. There's probably more, okay. uh, like, uh, I don't know, the opposite of yearning, the opposite of choice, uh, reluctance, <laughs> lust, impulsion, yeah, uh, accepting vices, and all of the decent, <laughs> nihilism, yeah. purposelessness. 
Okay, so uh, uh, framing it that way makes more sense. Yeah. The, the, this the, it's obvious it's just a catchy title. Okay. Um, I shouldn't say. I keep saying obviously, and I, I listen back to the recording. It's like that sounds so condescending. My my reflexive word choice is always so condescending. I have no idea. Like I know you don't interpret it that way. But that's because we're like close friends, and you understand my my character. I need to know what people who've never seen me before think of me. I don't need to, but I'd like to. <coughs> I have a quandary. Okay. Several. I don't know. I'll just pick one at random. Why is guys making jokes pretending to be gay funnier than girls pretending to be lesbian? The former is inherently funny to me, and yep. the other isn't. I mean, because it's feminine for a guy to like a guy. But it's masculine for a girl to like women. So no, I think you, it's you... I think it's feminine for a woman to like a woman. Oh. What is it for a woman to like a man? Feminine. I think attraction is inherently feminine. Really? Yes. Are you sure about that? No. Are you feminine? In some way, yes. Have you ever felt that? So you think the feminine aspect of both men and women is what leads to the attraction? Yes. Or... It depends on the kind of attraction, because I think there's differences. Oh. I think maybe just purely physical attraction. That's probably masculine. Yeah. Although, I, but I, psychological. I, see, I don't think this is. I, I don't think it's delineated on the matter of masculine, feminine. I think that would be like higher order versus lower order. What do you mean? Like physical versus spiritual. For okay. Of a better word. Uh, you know, what's on the inside? Yeah. Uh, that's to use several cliches. I'm thinking because it, the masculine and the feminine attract each other. The, 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 the platonic ideas, the forces. Yeah. That's something I'm fascinated by is attraction in general. Because I'm trying to think, well, like, I know what the masculine wants from the feminine. It's the opposite, right? And what the and someone with the feminine might want from the masculine. Because in every person they have, this is another Jungian concept, is the anima and animus. Mm -hmm. So in the masculine, there is an anima and they're unconscious, which so if they have dreams and there's figures of femininity, that's the anima peeking through. It's the woman within man. And the opposite would be animus. Okay. Man within woman or masculine within feminine. And so every person has both things, just like everything else in you. Yeah. So every single time that you are, say, fixated or infatuated with a member of the or anyone, I was going to say a member of the opposite, let's say a member of the opposite sex for the sake of simplicity, you're not really seeing the person as they are, you're seeing a projection of your own anima. Mm -hmm. And it's really obvious once you once once you know that, because um, you're not seeing, you don't know anything about the person. And so you're, you're projecting your own ideal. It's like, what was that cliche? It's like, oh, you don't like me, you like the idea of me. Well, it's accurate. Yeah. Well, that's not really a negate. In that case, it's not a negation of the fact. If it's followed in a genuine route, then they could eventually come to understand the other person genuinely. That's a tangent. It's, I'm just so fascinated by differences in taste generally. And one of the most obvious examples of that is like, well, what does... I was going to say, what do women want? But that's not what I mean. What does femininity... Like, how could someone look at a, a masculine man and go, I like that? <laughs> Which half of the population does... I'm fascinated by that. 
So it's just a curious, because I, I can never really know. It's like, oh yes, hair. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> the the things that people generally like, we'll say straight men find attractive about women. Yes. Um, it's not purely aesthetic. Yeah. No, obviously aesthetics. There's different in the union system. There's different levels to the anima. Okay. Where it, it's sublimated more and more and more. In fact, here's a fun side note. Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. It's an anagram. Anima soul. The feminine within the masculine. Interesting. That's why she's painted the way that she is. She has the, the look on her face. That's why it's so powerful. That's why it's so famous. It's one of the most sublimated versions of the anima ever put to art in, in the West, at least. That was intentional? That was intentional. He was okay. into alchemy. He knew what, and as soul was meant sun, it meant gold, and then that was the masculine mm -hmm. element. Okay. Anima is feminine, soul, it's Latin, it's feminine within masculine. Okay. For instance, he had a, a student in his workshop that made an identical Mona Lisa, but it had more natural colors, paler feature, fuller red lips, but it's not the same because that one just looks like a normal person. But Da Vinci wasn't painting a person as a person. He was painting a, um, an ideal and a, a psychological abstract idea, um, perhaps an ideal, but it was, it was a sublimated, um, sim it was a sim symbol. It was art. That's the best. It was an art. It was art. <laughs> Genuinely high art. Yeah. That was the first thing people think of when they say high art. Mona Lisa. It's not famous just because it's famous or wow, it looks lifelike for the time. That's bullshit. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now you know the meaning of the Mona Lisa. No one else knows this for some reason. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, most people. It's like yeah. one article I found somewhere, but it makes perfect sense. Um, I don't remember what I was saying right, <laughs> right before you brought that up. I tend to have that effect, yeah. But I do remember a point, a, a direction I'm going to take this. Because we're talking about homosexuality oh, yes. and whether that's a masculine or feminine trait. Pretty much. In, yeah, in women. In, or, or, no, or, or no. it was really, why is it not funny? Which is, it's, which is a, it's a different thing. Oh, it, right. Whether, but then it was, okay, but the secondary question is, well, is it feminine or not? That was, that was your response. My response was that I think it's feminine. Yes. Your response was that, you know, you think you're saying femininity is not funny? Yes. Okay. Let's, yes. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Women are definitely not funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, sort of uh, the way Jordan Peterson breaks down masculinity and femininity is order and chaos. Yeah. Generally. Generally. Um, and it's not, is almost, let, let's be clear, that's not his idea. No. He's just describing an idea that's existed forever. Yes. Yin and yang. So it's the same thing, essentially. Does not does homosexuality not seem like it is sort of chaotic? Because it is, and I'm not making a value judgment here, Yeah. but it is against the perpetuation of human species, yes. of, of our being. There's this, it, almost all studies done on like biological or neurological studies done on homosexuality are done with men. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Something Jung said once, he thought a lot of the time though, homosexuality is a neurosis, but he thought there were some genuine males who were homosexuals, who were, who were homosexuals or okay. where they like analyze their psychology. It's like, no, it's just 
you just like, man, you're, you're completely psychologically healthy. Hmm. Don't you have don't, okay. So what you want? Right. I, I wish I could mimic that. The Brit, when British people, or they say what you want, or I, I can't do it. That sounds like a black lady saying it. What I just said. <laughs> Yeah, what you want? They, they say it in such a way, and it's funny every time I hear it from a but I, but I can't mimic it. It's a power that they possess. Yeah, something about their Saxon overlords grants them that ability through their blood <laughs> that I do not have, being descended from the poor, wretched Celts. Anyway, are you Nordic too? Uh, Nordic, I'm German. Okay, uh, so maybe but mm. German, Germanic. Yeah, they're they're, they're all Germanic, uh, but German, German. I don't know. Um, I, I never took like a test. I just, I just going off of what my parents told me. I could, your birthday, you don't know for sure that your birthday is your birthday. Everyone could be lying to you. You don't know. Your whole life might be a lie. Is this the goal? Yeah. It's a. <laughs> It'd be very funny if it has been recording this entire time. Like, like I hope it was. Well, I sure hope it was too. watch the portal 10 hour I, I had no idea that was the same guy i happened to be going through like videos and i'm like that's the same guy that's the mayonnaise guy it's amazing and he lives in such a nice house he's so well furnished and clean he's like you gotta send me more it's probably his mom's house you gotta send more fucking beans <laughs> so i could get longer bigger meatier fucking farts <laughs> Start sending me some gassy ass beans so I can make these farts even bigger. <laughs> it's like, it's like, maybe it's his mom's house, but it's like, it's so clean. And it's just like, these people could be in your normal life, working at a convenience store, running a company, probably not, but working in a company. Like, I'd definitely, like, drive Uber or something. Or he does something. Or, like, Uber Eats. I, when I went to the airport so to get... So people don't have to see him. When I went to the airport to get here, I, uh, I took an Uber to the airport, and the guy, it's like, you know, pulls out into the main street. So if you do that, and a car comes by, they have to stop and wait for you to pull out so that you could go forward. Oh, okay. And the Uber did that, and he's like, wow, thank you. Today is a day of such gratitude. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's how it starts. Like, okay, I'm gonna die. But it's just like that's what ha I mean, maybe it's just because it's Boston and everyone drives like an asshole. Like oh. you you have to. The oh, roads really? are so fucked and the layout not the the roads are decently as, as much as the rest of America infrastructure wise, not great, but they're there. There's like five way intersections everywhere and there's no straight lines because in Boston Jeez. proper the, the streets were literally designed by cows or so the legend goes. Hmm. You know, pastures. Yeah. Um but uh 
so like maybe there it's an exception but it's like if you back out into a street what are they supposed to do go forward you an idiot yeah just slam into them it's like today's such a day of such gratitude i mean so it's like that's what unfettered optimism is it's pure delusion mm -hmm. unfettered pessimism is as well let's not forget the point is fetters i need them anyway what the hell were we talking about uh, chaos, homosexuality. So the yeah, but that that controversial belief of Jung's. So I've been told. I, I didn't hear it from the horse's mouth directly, but uh, his protege von Franz said so. Where it's like he didn't really think there was any genuine lesbian. Mm -hmm. Think of that, what you will. I mean, are they attracted to femininity? Because oftentimes in um, homosexual relationships one takes on the more masculine role and the other the more feminine role generally yeah. both men and women mm -hmm. so it's like even in that situation they can't really escape this dynamic of it's like a meiosis where one has to be the opposing of the other even if they're the same mm -hmm. so it's it but also lesbians they use like uh, norm mcdonald had a joke about this and because it's a norm mcdonald joke i'm gonna butcher it and it's not gonna be funny because with him it's all about the delivery and no one can mimic him uh, the, the premise is that, like, oh, I don't like flesh and blood penis, no way, but that store-bought plastic shit, yes, you know. Uh, seven. Yeah, so it's like, well, you're, you're replacing something. Yeah. I mean, I guess gay people are too, but the thing that they're replacing it with is uh, part of a body. So that's something. You know, it's a recreation. Weren't we talking about Epictetus? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he probably fucked boys, they're Greek. We're still talking about Epictetus, it's just a different context. Epic, epic Tetis just sounds like a, a meme, like a sexual joke. Tetis. Tetis. Well, that sounds too close to Titus, which which means like... But it's literally close to titties. Epic titties. Epic taint. <laughs> don't ever do that again. <laughs> I don't... I immediately regretted doing that. I, I don't want to... I've never seen a make that motion and it immediately like changed shape too it went into like a spearhead type of shit how does like do you does your do you have like a the fuck is that no you can do that with your that's normal i guess so yeah i don't stare at my i guess it would probably wouldn't work for everyone like, but that's how you're like people who can wiggle their ears yeah like to me that idea that's like a muscle that i must not have because i can't even it's like imagining moving a third arm where it's like you don't have the muscle memory to control it so if there's a muscle that allows me to move my ears mm -hmm. i don't know that it exists and that terrifies me that's well well yeah because it's like well how do you get your brain to move something it doesn't know is there um think about that force it to move itself sort of that's sort of a like i can like if concept. i so if i try and focus on it like i can get the timpani eardrum in my ear to roll mm-hmm Apparently, that's not a common thing. I've heard somewhere that's only one in a hundred people. Hmm. And apparently, people can use it as a defense against loud noises. So I can pop my own ears without having to plug my nose or whatever. Just a natural thing. So if I'm going up, up a mountain or in a plane, it's fine. Interesting. It doesn't cause pain at all. But, like, can you get your, the, the timpani thing in your ears to no. roll? No. No, definitely not. Yeah. You know, he can do that thing with his head where like, or just his, not his head, but his eyes like shake back oh, and forth yeah, rapidly. Yeah. yeah. I can do that with my head. There you go. 
And I just learned how to do that as a kid just by fucking around. Because that's what kids do. They did figure out that. That's why they love playing and wrestling so much. They're like testing yeah. out their bodies. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really big part of like child development. Isn't that's, it? That's so, sort of yeah. lost. Yes. It's just like they love it so much. And it's just so. Yeah. Like, like Peterson that, was yeah. talking about that yeah. in, in the video I watched. Oh, in the same one? The same one, yeah. yeah I've seen them. I've seen hundreds of hours of them. I, oh, that's fair. So I, I, it's all assimilated by them. Um, he's, oh. the, he's the only person I could say that, like, I don't know what my life would be without him. I mean, obviously my parents or whatever, but like, like a public figure, the only one where it's like the, my intellectual growth would be nothing without him. I probably wouldn't yeah, buy into like communism or whatever, but I'd have no like buttress against it. Um, Cause I'm too lazy to actually read Plato or whatever the fuck. Yeah. To actually get a classical education that your university owes you, but will never give you. Unless you go into a degree on classics, and even then, what are you gonna do with it? Well, no, even then, they might not teach you because oh, yeah. getting a degree it's incredibly useful. I don't know oh. if they'd hire you for it, but in the same way that learning to write is useful, even if yeah. you're not doing a writing position, that's fair. Learning to debate is useful, even if you're not going to become a lawyer or a politician. But like, for instance, in music, I'm a I'm a musician composer. Like, I've never been taught the rules. I've only been taught the ways to break the rules because they're all postmodern. <laughs> Believe that. <laughs> Believe that. You censor that right now, Craig. <laughs> Don't you dare. Uh, Th that one phonetically, that word, faggot. Yeah. It's just so. It's just so brutal. It's so funny. If you divorce all meaning from it, yeah, it's like the exact opposite of gay, even though it has the exact same meaning. <laughs> in one context. In one context. In the, in the popular context. Yeah. Hey, or Louis C.K. had a joke. We're gonna cut this. Yeah, so I guess are we done with that last topic about um, homosexuality? Because you never gave me your rebuttal to which one to homosexuality being feminine. I well, part of it, obviously. Well, part of yeah. Well, I mean, it's chaotic. I mean, there's part of it that's like just geometrically, it's wrong. Obviously, <laughs> that's another Louis C.K. joke that I just stole. Uh, like morally, it's fine, but like just geometrically what do you do especially lesbians because it's not a thing you need a thing there's no penetration it's just so there's the argument especially by like the ultra conservative it's like it's not even penetration it doesn't even count is it chaotic is it chaotic i don't i don't, I don't know i don't think i don't think so i don't think it's fair i don't think it's not no. i'm just asking this right now okay can you reasonably envision yourself in a mob? Never. Right? I, me either. Me, it's, it's so... Well, I guess, do people in a mob think that they're in a mob? Probably not. Probably not. That's what I think. Uh, there's people that are always there that are there to cause trouble. That So they're, they're not really there for the cause. They are the ones that would be there if the opposite was doing it. Because they just yeah. love the, the opportunity to cause trouble. Like the genuine right. sociopaths. The guys, who, the guys who chased down and got shot by Kyle Rittenhouse. There's mm. like videos of them going around in a BLM protest yeah. saying like, shoot me inward, shoot me inward or something like that. Jeez. Yeah. So they're not, they're looking for trouble. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Do you think it's media that's responsible for... Partially, but it's also social media. Um, Which is... It, part yeah. of it. Um, well, 
sort of I, I sort of think of social media as like a substrata of media. What well, is obviously, but it, but it's it's, but I mean, like, it's it, done from the bottom up. You don't think it's done from the top? Social down? media. I mean, for, now it's filtered out from the top down somewhat. And people, for instance, like people, like you know, what you're fed on social media is coming from the top down a lot of the time. Right. Like, so, I, I tend to see a lot of uh, the people who are more uh, who are far more right wing than me uh, on Instagram. It feeds that stuff to me. For instance, I see. I get a really weird mix, actually. Yeah. Because see, I get a mix of like almost like the sigma male or like alpha male type stuff, like a quote uh, from like from like Socrates. Yeah, exactly. But then I also get a lot of like hyper liberal extremists. Yeah, we're well, not really getting right right wing stuff. Oh. Unless you think self, unless you get self betterment is right wing, you know this is a phenomenon where it's like there's, there's I swear to God there's like all over BuzzFeed and Salon and these hyper left wing outlets, these articles keep popping up where it's like I can't stop dating Trump's voters, or having one night stands with them, or it's like why fitness is a pipeline to the alt right. It's like be, being healthy gives you all these these conservative values. Huh? Well, being but, healthy is it's eugenics, right? Yeah, I'll, do we want to go through that? Sure. Uh, but it's also, let me clarify, because like, all these terms are, in, they, they use them as a blanket term, like fascism, alt-right, neo-Nazi, and then conservative, which are, those first three are not the last one no. at all. <laughs> but they're all, quote-unquote, right. Anything right of Mao, anything right of Stalin, that's fascism in the modern day. So the, the, the main question that I first brought up before we got into the discussion about the homosexuality, I was like, the former is inherently funny, at least to me, the latter isn't, where why is guys making jokes pretending to be gay funnier than girls? But then let's extrapolate that to the infamous question, are women funny? Uh, and I think I have a note on this that I haven't seen brought up anywhere else. I'm not going to say I'm the first. Where it's... I saw there was an, it was a uh, Norm Macdonald on Howard Stern mm. and Norm Macdonald. He likes to play the dumb guy, but he's secretly a genius, like very, very well read and philosophical, but he intentionally fucks with people all the time. Right. Intentionally says inflammatory things like went on the view really? and called Bill Clinton a murderer back during that era when he was running for president. Sure. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen that, it's so good. I think I have, uh, yeah, so, but anyway, so he's on the Howard Stern and he's telling them about any, they basically, they keep asking him about, like, well, there's funny woman, like, you, he's good friends with Sarah Silverman. It's like, oh, yeah, she's great. Um, but then his friend, uh, Artie Lang, is saying, well, it's like, but yeah, but she's funny in a way that a man's funny. Hmm. That's a very interesting point where it's like, she has this joke, like, I blew a Mexican guy last week. I've had the shits for three days. Right. <laughs> that's, it's, that's it's, like a, it's a masculine joke. Yeah. And so that's the thing. It's like, well, stand-up comedy is different than like acting comedy but there's great comedic actresses i mean jennifer lawrence is a pretty good comedic actor uh, actress i haven't i'm not in touch with the movie i haven't seen like a movie in so long you should watch don't look up uh, it just came out on netflix it's a documentary no it's a it's a, it's a comedy it's it sounds so familiar what is it What's okay it about? it's so the the two main actors are leonardo dicaprio and jennifer lawrence ah they're scientists they oh they, they a make a comment but no one cares I read the synopsis. Yeah, it's 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 social. It's a social commentary movie. Uh, it's about. But I, I don't know. Social commentary coming from Hollywood doesn't sound like a good idea. Well, it's not coming from Hollywood, but it also kind of is. It has Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, that's fair. The thing I appreciate about the movie is that it doesn't feel like it takes 
a stance. Okay. It's just sort of what if commentary. Yeah. It's like this is an interpretation of. It's sort of like J. Ray does that. Like, J. Ray, the the, oh. the the political guy I showed you earlier. Yeah. Um, he might sort of. It seems like by the way that you frame things, it sort of reveals how it is. In the modern day, it's so easy to tell what side someone's on, even if they try to remain neutral. Because a lot of the time, like for instance, uh, Dan Carlin, he also has a political podcast where mm. he tries to stay neutral, say like, uh, horribly skeptical of both sides, but he's so clearly on the left, mm. not, and I don't think he knows it because he's just like he, he's in California and he was a journalist, mm. and I think he's as neutral as he can be, but he's given all of the facts. That's the thing we don't we no longer have different opinions on facts. Abortion is this way. I think it should go this way, and you think it should go that way. Yeah. Let's discuss. It's completely different facts. The Venn diagram has separated into distinct bubbles, and there's a couple of people naively thinking there's there's an overlap somewhere. Yeah, uh, this is inevitably going to cause a huge civil strife, if not a war, as it always has. Uh, fun topic, I know, lively. How do we get to this? Are women funny? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, are women funny? Well, the real question is, is femininity funny? Yeah. Because that's the huge... Th like, you could solve all of these debates if you distinguish between women and femininity because there's obviously exceptions to the rule. There are women in the world that are way more masculine than... <laughs> and vice versa. Uh yeah. Like you, I couldn't win a basketball game against anyone in the WNBA, but that doesn't mean that women are overall better at playing basketball, if that makes sense. Because you put them against the NBA, and it's the difference. It's, yeah, it's a lost cause. It's a, yeah, unless you start getting a lot of um, people who had been involuntarily injected with testosterone for about 30 years before joining, let's say. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. you get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. you get what I'm saying? I... you get what I'm saying? You, you, can, you get what I'm saying? Uh, you, you get what I'm saying? So women aren't funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> we're talking. No. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta cut out that comment. Let's see. I have found women extremely funny in the past, in personal life, but it's when they're doing feminine things. Mm. It, it, it's not because if they. You know, doing like you see, like Amy Schumer trying to do uh, masculine style jokes and the feminine, it's just sort of gross. Definitely. Yeah. And part of it's delivery. Yeah. The other part of it is, you know, but you don't get in the stand up medium, stand up comedy medium, you don't really get a voice for femininity as such. But I do also know that a lot of the times that I find women funny is through banter. Mm. Right, in the way that they respond to things. Yeah. Although maybe, for all I know, that's just a budding sort of infatuation. And that sort of possesses you and gives you the giddiness. I don't know. I've been experiencing something like that recently. Ooh. Potentially. Oh my god, tell me. I'm, I'm laying on the bed with my feet kicked up right now. Yeah. Is it Kevin? It's definitely Kevin. It's Kevin, oh my god, no. he's so hot. That's funny. Kevin. I have a coworker named Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> and he's like a laughing stock in the store. He's like the little brother of, the, of my job. It's really Did, funny. Wait, isn't Kevin, haven't I met him before? Did I play, don't think so. Did he played the Frisbee the one time? I feel like you've mentioned Kevin. For, we definitely, you definitely, no. He wasn't, he, no, it was and uh, <laughs> on the hike. Are you talking about me? 
yeah, he was in the uh, other hike. Um, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. When was like, then afterwards we went to the park and did the, the frisbee golf. Oh, and disc golf. someone else, Marcus. Well, okay, uh, Kevin doesn't play disc golf. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. I think that Latin, that's a Latin name. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Marcus Aurelius. Oh, fair. Marcus. Antonius. Marcus Aurelius was ever at the tail end of. He's about halfway through the empire. After but it's, it's on the decline after. Oh, he's long after. Oh, that's C- thought, Caesar's okay. death causes the empire. Okay, got it. By way of his heir Augustus, although it wasn't a hereditary system, it just happened to be that way a lot of the times. You just sort of mm-hmm. have, even up until the Byzantines, until fourteen fifty three, Caesar died in. BC 44. Uh, women, I think I said all I need to say, <laughs> but like, like, the, like the femininity can be funny, but it's always in conversation or the ways that they do things. But maybe it's just because that's what femininity does to masculine people. It gives them a sort of giddiness, even if they're not infatuated with them. Mm-hmm. For instance, my grandmother was very, very saintly. You can't help but smile when you're around her. It's just a, a, a unbelievable beaming with love and positivity in the most genuine way. Mm-hmm. And so when you're there, you tend to, you know, I tend to laugh at the, the way she does things quite a bit. But it's not like she told a joke. Right. She's behaving as she is. And it's, not, well, and it's not necessarily funny in the same sense that like a comic, a of comic is funny. It's more so like endearing. Yeah, endearing, or... but it gets you to laugh. Exactly. And so I think laughter as an expression. Yeah. There's uh, this thing Norm said, uh, Norm McDonald said towards the end of his life in a, in a non-comedic setting where he's like an interview or a radio show or something like that. He's like, he, he, towards the end of his life, he's starting to realize that, um, I, I don't think he knew it was the end of his life. I mean, he saw it coming. He had leukemia for like nine years, but oh, wow. no one, no one knew that. Right. He kept it secret for everyone except his family. But, uh, he, he had this idea where it's like, maybe the better type of comedy is the one that makes you smile because it's the, the hardest you ever laugh is at like a Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. if you have a good family that's another topic it's like people people are so i because I, I see that just the way that they're treated on social media with the whole ethos of the times like everyone just fucking hates their family so much mm-hmm. and it's so sad to watch now granted i actually didn't really the term family didn't really mean anything to me other than a descriptor until i was already out of high school yeah where, where that word started to have some weight to it, or that concept, not the word, obviously, the concept behind the word, yeah, ha- had some sort of transcendent weight to it, which it didn't have before. So it's like, because to a child, it's just like, oh, person that gets me to do something I don't want to do that I don't have any, you know, it's like, oh, you have my blood, so what? But it's like, no, this is this, this innate community built on charity in a way giving of resources for for nothing in return other than the the pride of being doing that as a parent or mm-hmm. grandparent um this is the most positive i've ever been on camera <laughs> like, like someone might be smiling and going all in the audience right now for all i know disgusting anyway, this, yeah fuck, let's go back to i actually wrote down right here pedophiles and elites <laughs> because you were talking about leonardo dicaprio he's not under accusations i'm, I'm not making that accusation but i had this thought for a while now well it's like is the being of an elite that makes you a pedophile on average or is it that there's just so many latent pedophiles everywhere that as soon as they have the opportunity to take it 
because it's it seems like well, I don't know what the percentage in the population on average is, but it seems like a higher population in in the elite circles. So I I actually think it might be. I mean, obviously both. There's a lot of latent ones in society at large, and a lot of them probably don't act on their impulse, and we should probably <laughs> thank them. Uh, perhaps that or the society perverted them, and we should uh, stop the corrupt society that allows for it to continue. It depends how much sexuality is really is nurture versus nature. Don't ask you, and you'll get a controversial answer. But because uh, it might be, let's say you're uh, you become really rich and powerful, famous, uh, high in the social stratum. So it's like you can have anything, and so for some reason, what do they always do? They like the the men they pick the young women. They, Louis C.K. had another joke about that. It's like I he's he's got a new girlfriend and he's divorced. I'm 55. I get a 40 year old girlfriend. I'm 65. I get a, a 50 year old girlfriend. 75, 21 years old. Absolutely. And then she gets all my money and I blows me until I die. That's what he said. And it's like so I the the, and then so he talks to the audience. It's like the offers on the table. Although that person hasn't been born yet, <laughs> and and everyone goes oh, but it's also true. This goes into the the whole black pill, red pill philosophy, where it's just like, well, how many hyper attractive women are out there that are just like, yeah, eighty five year old man into it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, at least one of them has to be genuine, but that's just a coincidence. Or maybe it's the extroverted feeling where it's like, well, I know I'm supposed to like someone, right? so, so I'll do it. That is disgusting. It's warm water. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Because you're not supposed to drink warm tap water. Why did you drink warm tap? Why did you pour? <laughs> I didn't mean to. Dump it out and get cold. Fucking. <laughs> you retarded? No. I did. I've never used on. Um... Not familiar with your sink. I don't know. You can feel it in the... Yeah, I wasn't like, paying that much attention. Geez. I am retarded. Okay. And also, there's like a, a jug of water that's clean. Oh, in the fridge? No, uh, the one I poured out of. It was right there on the counter. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry you had to witness that. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna, I'm gonna amplify the audio on that sound. <laughs> <laughs> it did sound just like that. Oh my goodness. Okay, so the um, pedophiles. Well, <laughs> maybe, so, uh, no, no, he, well, he was. I mean, 21 is not pedophilia. Most adults are mentally children anyway, so the, where's the line there? Because um, also, let's say the. Right, let, let me finish the first thought. Like, because maybe it's the case that it's just like a, you know, it's like advancing on levels of drugs so it's like you're powerful and you just get you know you're 40 years old you worked all this time to become an actor or a senator or whatever mm -hmm. and then you have a 21 year old gold digger and then you, you can just keep getting younger and younger and younger and that's what you use just like youth youth you're sacrificing to satan or whatever uh so like that's my thing so maybe it's both although maybe it's also because i hear like uh apparently they have these these um parties in Hollywood where they, they bring out like 14 year old boys or whatever and so it's like if you're a new guy that just worked his whole life to get into the circle of Hollywood being in movies or whatever you're not gonna rat all these people out right I'm so fascinated by this person when they post just fascinating yeah I, I wish I was 
Oh, that's probably my biggest weakness, and I'm ashamed to admit it. I'm, I'm not tolerant of the political stuff, at least in terms of what I want to see in my feed. I wish I could just, like, I'm going to look at what the... Uh, the other side says just so I can get a better feel for it. I have enough of a feel for it, but it's that's fair. I wish I didn't do that. I wish I was more patient or, or forgiving of, of uh, wrongness. For me, it's just like, it, well, it's curiosity, and it's also like, I rarely will claim that something is absolutely right. Well, I, I said that as a facetious joke just then. Fair enough. Facetious. Um, Fish, fishiness? Fishy. Fishiness? Fishy joke. Fishy. Fish. Where the uh, Swedish, Swiss Miss, fishy Swedes, Swiss Miss chocolate, hot cocoa, hot cock. <laughs> Women aren't funny. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, I've only said it like eight times in the last I'm, hour. I'm a woman. Bradley, you were definitely a woman. Yes. Let's see. Here's a fun fact. Do you know where the terms first, second, and third world come from? No. They're not to do with development at all. Hmm. It's to do with Cold War alliance status. Really? Yeah. Okay. So first world would be like NATO and the uh, Western Bloc alliance. Second world would be China and the Soviet Union and the Communist Bloc. And then third world would be neutral. So by this logic... Iran is a first world country. Somalia is a second world country. And Sweden and Switzerland are third world countries. Hmm. It's not what you would think. No. So that's what that means. So I've seen it in recent years. It's been replaced by the global south. Because really when people say third world, they mostly mean Africa. Because it's yeah. mostly third world. Too busy with their own feuds. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. All right. Well, since we're on we're on a roll for this uh, episode in terms of offensive topics, I just wrote the makeup question. Okay. Okay. What is makeup for? What is makeup for? Yes. Well, it's the pursuit of beauty, right? Right. But why does one wear makeup? Originally, it was probably to appear more attractive to mates. Is that not still what it's used for? I think it is, mm. but I think it's been, I think it maybe has developed to mean more or to be certain people don't use it that way anymore, or maybe they just think they do. Right. I think a lot of people nowadays take the perspective of I'm doing it for myself because I want to feel beautiful. I was actually just thinking about this yesterday. Right. Well, um, yeah. I, I walked into a conversation at, at work that my coworkers were having to uh, when older women, not older, adult women, mid thirties, mid to late thirties, we're having a conversation about lingerie and how much they like to wear it because it makes them feel good because it makes them feel empowered and sassy or yeah. whatever. Interesting. But it's sort of, um, again, it's this perspective of like, I, they're doing it for, I am putting like, yeah, they, I am they're doing it for themselves because I want to feel beautiful. I like to feel beautiful. I want to think I'm beautiful. But the value of thinking of yourself as beautiful is nothing without the presence of another subject right. to perceive. It's done specifically to make someone appear more attractive. Mm -hmm. But it's like, okay, well, you're not doing it for other people to 
find you attractive. You're doing it so that you feel attractive to yourself. But why do you need to feel attractive to yourself? Yeah, exactly. that's the thing. It's a utilization of that same impulse. It naturally is there because that is what leads to mates, even if that's not what you're using it for consciously. That is what it that is. is what is is. It, yeah. You can't. Well, and isn't that sort of just like a result of that like hyper individualization of Western culture? The fact that we've gotten to a point where we're far enough removed from nature, I'll say that we're able to rationalize. I wouldn't call that. I would say hyper individualization, hyper individualization mm -hmm. would be the fact that there could be so many different types of beauty. Okay. But the fact that we disassociate it is a, is a denial of reality. The fact that we're starting to favor the abstract more than the real. We're starting to favor a priori more than a posteriori. Yeah. Well, so I think we are, we are, as a result of, because that, I mean, at least from what I've observed, it seems like that's a byproduct of like Western expansion is, is individualization. Expand, or oh, depends on what you mean by expansion. I think, yeah, I think it is a Western thing. Yeah. But the, it's because it's a disassociate, it's a, it's a lack of acknowledgement of what a thing is. So I would, it's not the same as merely favoring the abstract, because the medieval age, that was favoring something a priori, something mm -hmm. abstract, something that came um, as a result of theory and introversion and introspection rather than something in the external world. You know, you don't go out and see God and faith and oaths. Like there's a story of, I think it was a French king that was taken in captivity by the English. Hmm. And it's like, well, we need your ransom paid, but they, they didn't believe that he was, it's like, okay, we're going to release you, but you have to take an oath. You're under oath. You cannot raise any new armies while we let you go to go and attempt to get more ransom. And if you can't get the ransom, you come back to us. And we'll keep you in captivity. And so the French king is released, goes, cannot get the ransom, comes back and puts himself under arrest. Because hmm. oaths were, it was a, a solemn oath under God. If you were, if you disobeyed an oath, you were considered some Latin word, I forget, literally unpersoned. You are beneath contempt. You are nothing. Hmm. Nothing applies to you anymore because you broke an oath. That's what that meant. Um, so anyway, the, the, they had more abstract ideals. But okay, but going back to the so the to them at the best of times, let's say, and overall, it wasn't dissociated too much, unless you want to say that all religion is completely a lie and tyrannical, just like the patriarchy. Okay, okay, sure. Tip your fedora somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> The, um, the, so it's so the makeup thing is because it, it's just so fascinating. So it's like, they want to have the dignity of being beyond superficiality, but also sticking with the idea that beauty is your worth. So long as it's only to you, which is that those are incommensurate. You can't have it both ways. You, you see what I mean? Yeah. There's also the question, well, is it dishonest? I think so. How could it not be? Right. Because uh, I want to challenge my own thinking on this. Isn't the intention to appear different than your natural state? Yes. It is to well, alter it's... your appearance in the pursuit of something. Yes. Which is, is inherently well, just altering, altering what you are. Exactly. Or to give an impression. Or for, for instance, if you acknowledge that someone's makeup is good, do they often take it as a compliment? Yes. What, wouldn't some people take offense to the fact that you even notice because they don't want you to notice? They want you to think that that's just what their face is? Potentially. Well, from what I have gathered at large, this isn't 
obviously true for every individual case. Yeah, generalizations but, all around for this whole thing. Right. I think, from what I've gathered, the women who wear makeup regularly, mm -hmm. they see that as how they look. Oh. That is how they look. And when they don't have their makeup on, they're not their public identity. Mm -hmm. It's something as completely separate. Public identity, the word is persona. Sure, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's persona. in the Jungian sense. Yeah. Uh, persona literally is a Greek word for mask. Oh, okay. The masks that they would wear in the plays. There we go. That's actually our, uh, our uh, profile picture at the moment. So, I'm having second thoughts about the hike, just because I was mentioning earlier, I did a training session with a trainer at my gym yesterday. I don't I remember won. you saying that. I started to say I didn't oh, finish. Okay. Um, I won it. I won a drawing, and so I got a free 60-minute like, training session. Mm. And, well, I mean, I get into the specifics of why I think I'm so sore, but um, we trained it in a way Hardcore that... Hardcore gay sex, I get it. Exactly, yes. yeah. My butthole is three inches wide as we speak. <laughs> I literally have to keep running to the bathroom. Yeah, it just yeah, it just falls out. You waddle as well on the way there, <laughs> with like in a crouching stance. Yeah, right. You look bow legged. Well, that's why. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you can't even find a butt plug big enough. <laughs> it's not gonna work. Your trash can's looking pretty good. With a cross Yep. <laughs> it's trash can inception. Because it's a trash can full of trash oh. being shoved inside of a trash can. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, um, okay. Which in and of itself is okay. creating more trash. So you and I can both agree there's a point where makeup becomes distasteful. Like if you notice someone has like too much, you're just like, oh, why are you doing it? I would say when someone is wearing a lot of makeup, yeah, it's very yeah. obvious. I have an aversion to it. Too. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Like this, for example, this yes. woman who I popped at work the other day. Um, I can say confidently that she was the most stunningly beautiful woman I've ever seen in person. Oh, um, <laughs> the pause and then the really quick talking. That's how, that's how you know it's accurate, listener. Like at first, because she was wearing a mask. Uh -huh. At first, I saw her. I her. What if the she had a cleft lip? I, mean, I, I did see the real face though. Oh, okay. I, I well, let's, but like, let's say if she revealed it and had like a like a pencil mustache and a cleft lip, would she? Would you, she would not have been attractive. Would, no, we used so that ruins the whole the rest of it. Everything else. Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. What if you remove the mustache, just a little bit of a cleft lip? That's okay. Okay. Yeah. It's the well, okay. mustache. What about normal, perfect teeth? Uh, a perfect texture on the lips, like lip gloss. It's like all like perfect. Oh, she had a mustache. Yeah, like tiny, like little, like your auntie, just like a little, like a old, like just a little bit, a little bit. Too oh, much. and it was like a little bit of peach fuzz. Not like a, not like a okay. fucking market. If it was like a little bit of hair, like a little. Not like an eighteen hundreds admiral type. No, if it's like a little bit of hair, that's okay. Okay. If it's like a peach fuzz, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. But this, so this woman. <laughs> yes. She was suddenly beautiful. I saw her ID picture. I was immediately enamored. I was like, wow. Okay. To the point where I like was starting to stumble over my words when I was talking to her. Oh. And then she pulled on her mask momentarily and it was she was just as beautiful. Uh -huh. And she wasn't wearing very much makeup. Why do, you need to, why do you need to see someone's ID if you work in I was signing her up for a membership. Oh, okay. And so I was I was writing uh -huh. down the information for uh, okay, okay, yeah, into yeah, the yeah. system. We can cut the, cool. my, my doxing you if you want.
That's okay, though. There's a bunch of it's not just the one. Not for long. <laughs> not if I have anything to say about it. Yeah. Spider-Man. He's gonna rip, rip, uh, I need pictures of Spider-Man's asshole. <laughs> Give him me. Give him. Peter. Peter. Becker. Peter. He's that asshole. Leave that asshole, Peter. I need pictures. I need him in the, I need him right now. I need him yesterday. Leave my own asshole. Take a picture and take a sample. We need to get models in here so we can get the real thing. I want to get a <laughs> capture. I want a test run. Do it on me, Parker. Close the blinds, Parker. Me. Me. You and me. Me. Me, Jay Jordan Williamson. <laughs> Bleach my asshole, Parker. <laughs> so you're replacing Stanley, right? <laughs> Audience, yeah. remember, I think Bradley's having a stroke. <laughs> Does smell like burnt toast. That's because I burnt my toaster. There's no toast in it. I toasted your burner. Ah! <laughs> I did a spread eagle pose as soon as I made that noise. Yeah. Uh, so that's why he made that laughter. He levitated, like he hovered in midair while I did it. I harnessed all of my chi for like 21 years just to do that stupid throwaway gag that got like half a second of laughter. This is what your life has amounted to. Yeah. We're gonna just deflate like a balloon now after all the all the energy's gone. What the fuck were we talking about? Oh yeah, this no, woman. woman. Yes, the um, woman. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Wait, that sounds like Peter Griffin's dad-in-law. Oh yeah, it's the same voice. When you were when you were doing that, all I could think of was hearing what you were saying, but in Lois's voice. Pina, <laughs> bleach my <laughs> ass. <laughs> Pina, I need to bleach my asshole for Meg. Oh, for Meg. Meg, I don't know. Fucking Meg. Pina. Isn't it canon that Meg oh. and Chris have sex? Peter. No, that might have happened by accident once. I think there was an episode where they were. Jesus Christ. Seth MacFarlane. Pina. <laughs> Our children are having sex. <laughs> um, Norm MacDonald played death on the show. Oh, really? In the earlier season. Oh, that may... I think it was only for the one episode where he, it was like Peter cheats death. Yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah. And that... He, he also played Norm the Genie on Fairly Odd Parents. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. It, it, you, know, you never realize it when you're a kid because when you're a kid watching Fairly Odd Parents, you see like the guy that's clearly Arnold Schwarzenegger or the guy that's clearly Sylvester Stallone. Right. But you haven't seen like Rambo yet, yeah. so you're just watching Fairly Odd Parents. You have no idea all the pop culture references. What a good show. Yeah. I mean, I liked it as a kid. Yeah, that's not one I'm guilty about watching. You know, same thing with Spongebob. Like, you can watch that today. It'd still be fine. Earlier seasons, of course. Of course. Yes. Pretty they actually have really... I watched a few of them when I was house-sitting, because I don't have cable anymore. But when I was house-sitting for my aunt last summer, before that, I was watching old Spongebob. Mm. Like, the, the Ripped Pants episode. Yeah. Like, that actually has a genuinely good moral to it. But because it's not talking down to you, like, you know, Barney the Dinosaur or whatever... Or anything else with a shoehorn or Steven Universe. I don't know. I haven't even seen that show. I just I just know Tumblr likes it, so it can't be good. Two of my closest friends really, really love that show. All right, so it can't but, be good. But they're uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you no. didn't even mention which of your two friends. You're just assuming that I like your friends have such bad taste to me and to you. You you, you just have utter <laughs> utter contempt for your friends. I'm gonna bleep their names. I have a lot of yeah. For some of them. I I can okay. 
but uh but the ripped pants episode of spongebob like what's the moral of that it actually has a moral i figured it out it's a uh, don't use self-deprecatory comedy to mask an actual weakness that prevents your self-development that's an actual moral yeah. and it's 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 not just like sharing is caring it's like no fuck that and it's actually funny and once every five seconds there's a new joke and they're all great and the music is catchy memorable the music is great the pro- yeah. it's a lot of it's production music so it's not written for the show no fair um that, that's uh band geeks uh no that's the rip pants song oh yeah yeah, then like they, I wonder what artist they got to do that. They also had like I was trying to find the, for for a joke. I was trying to find the really scary music that they sometimes play with like the high violence. But I, in doing that, I ended up just looking through the entire playlist. There's like there's one called "Music to Drive By," really fucking catchy. Um, check it out. Tell them Bradley sent ya. No, anyway. Uh, Here. Peter. <laughs> there you go. Peter. Peter. I want you to watch. I, I, I want to watch you fuck my daughter, Peter. Parker, not Griffin. <laughs> Same voice. I need pictures of. I need pictures of Meg's asshole yesterday. <laughs> We're done with this bit. Okay. Oh, okay. The woman at the thing. Oh, yeah. I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even remember the point. She was really pretty. She wasn't wearing that much makeup. Yep. She pulled on her mask momentarily and she was just wearing like red lipstick. And maybe some maybe some foundation, right. but she didn't look like a caricature. Right. She just looked like she was accentuating right. her anatomy. I'm so puristic that even like if it's noticeable, like red instead of a natural color, it just doesn't seem right to me. Interesting. Although I, do, I haven't been infatuated that many times, I've got kind of strange in that way. So maybe if it was a person I already liked, and then they did it, it'd be like even better. You know, who knows? Uh, is that your is that your point? Is that it? Is that, was that it? Was that your point? Is that it? I guess so. Okay. Yeah, we'll move on. Oh fuck, we, we we spent so long on that other shit. I forgot the, what I was leading to. Uh, makeup is it deceptive? That was the question. Yeah. I think we answered that. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, like, it's a standard upheld by women to other women. Like men have little say in it. Mm-hmm. To me, it's it's so fascinating because you just can't say that it's like, oh, they care about appearance as a value. Right. What do they always tell each other? Are, like, what? I know one in my age group of my peers. I know one girl who doesn't post selfies. Hmm. As I don't even remember what she looks like. I've met her once, and I completely my memory of faces is very weak. Like if I tried to imagine my own father's face right now, I could barely make it out. Interesting. My, my, I'm the opposite. Really? My yeah. My my imagination. I'm so sorry. They have the image of my face in it. It it haunts me at night. Yeah. So, but like the eyes, like these bags. Oh, it's your fault. Like like women to other women, they always no matter how. There's one of my other favorite memes. It was just a screenshot of a tweet where it's like, "No, bro, she's different. I swear, she posts memes in between her selfies." And that summarizes the whole thing. Because no matter how far from orthodox, no matter how eccentric, they almost always still do it. Mm-hmm. Except for one example I can think of. Granted, there's probably a lot of people that just aren't on social media at all because they have real lives. Right? It's funny he just said to our audience. <laughs> I mean, this isn't really social media. That's fair. I, what's funny is what's unexpected. So, 
Right. That's actually a Norm McDonald quote. So he says, like, what's funny is what's unexpected. So if a joke doesn't land, that's still funny. Yeah. At least to him. So he's always got this booming smile on his face and it's and it's infectious. Did I ever rack up that thought where he says the things that perhaps are better than making you laugh out loud or is what makes you smile? Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't finish that thought. Yeah, that's what Norm McDonald said. It's what makes you smile and that sticks with you longer long after you leave. Mm-hmm. Rather than someone that's like, you know, a bit more nihilistic like George Carlin. I'm not dissing him, he's a great man. But you know, he, he, like, it's different than like the, the the warm feeling that you sometimes get from Norm McDonald. Sometimes George Carlin is the comedian, right? Yeah, George. Dan Carlin is Dan, Dan Carlin is, is the no relation as far as I can tell. Although okay. he is the son of a like a actress who was in a bunch of B movies in the fifties. Okay. Wait, B movie did not come out in the fifties. No, hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the end of that topic. I forgot what I was going to transition to, but I have to pee. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any interest in going and getting food? Yeah, it's something I was going to offer. Sweet. Yeah. The, yeah, um, I'm definitely not a great food. Oh, absolutely. The sounds really good. I'm not a fan of their politics. Okay, that's fair. I'm not either, but they do make good food. Yeah. You have trouble after a while. Never buy Ben and Jerry's, for the love of God. Really? Have you seen their... T- they're, like, calling for the dissolution of all police everywhere. Like, they're they're the most okay. far that I've seen any brand go. Damn, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. They're so active about it. Jeez. I make Stephen Colbert flavored ice cream that my roommate eats, and it's just, like, I look at that, I'm like, God is dead. They make Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon ice cream too. It's yeah, it's, good. it's not even the matter of the politics so much as it is. It's the fact that you're making Stephen Colbert flavored ice cream. Think about what you have done yeah. to lead up to this point. Jerry. You think it's Jerry, not Ben? Ben. It it's, probably, it's probably Jerry. Are they no, I don't think Ben is that, you know. Are they alive? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Huh. They literally put out like a manifesto on Twitter. Are Ben and Jerry alive? Is that Apple? No. no. Yep. See? Yeah. That's the first thing they mentioned. They're not making ice cream. They're making social issues. That's the first thing Siri or whatever the, the Google equivalent of that is. Yeah. Is it, is it Google? It is. Okay. So you know the thing where you say, hey, Google, or hey, Siri, oh. and then it automatically knows? That has to mean that they're listening the entire time, right? Okay, Google. I don't have it set up, but okay. I could do that. I, you have to manually disable it on your phone. Yeah. Mine's relatively new. Yes. It has an Apple phone. You're, you're, the microphone is constantly picking up input. Right. So, like, how much battery does that take, first of all? But also, oh, like, is much. there any possible way that it's not doing that? Because it has to be listening constantly for the vowels, hey, Siri, or hey, Google. Yeah. Those phonemes that create those sounds that the AI picks up. Right. The voice recognition. It, it must be listening constantly. I mean, it has to be. Yeah, I like, think... I can't... How could it only listen after the phone? Because it has to be listening the whole time. There's no way it can't be. Right. What it... I don't believe that it's doing anything with that input, though. As far as we know. The whole... I mean, who's to say? I mean, I mean there yeah, is an explanation I mean, for, probably, like... Probably not everybody, but if they want to find out, they can easily... Well, the NSA obviously has it, but... What they do with it is, you know, well, obviously not every human being could listen to every single interaction. There's no. like a billion minutes of video uploaded to YouTube every minute. Yeah, every, yeah exactly. So that's and that's just stuff that publicly gets posted. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's so much content. Yeah, and most, there's more. There's already well, more content on YouTube than any human could ever consume. Well, more than all humans could ever consume. Yeah. You know the words. Faggot and retard left my vocabulary just naturally for about seven, eight years. 
and then TikTok came around, and now I can't stop saying it. It's like Tourette's. Like, too, I'm I'm alone in my room in Boston with no one around and no contact with the outside world. Like all of last year, I just scroll through like Instagram and I find something. I'm like, that person's a fucking retard. I feel it in my heart. That is the word. Yeah. It, it can't help but burst out. It's it's the deepest part of my core. Just wants to say, you fucking retard. It's your truth. <laughs> I like doing this in person. Me too. Yeah, this is great. Anyway, what the hell are we talking about? I was trying. Oh, Sisyphus, and I have an idea. Uh, oh, I, I have a theory about this. He cheated at death twice, and Zeus punished him by forcing him to roll the boulder up the hill, only to have it slip through his hands at the end of every day. Or every single time it neared the top yeah. for all eternity and so you know camus Al albert alfred albert albert camus wrote the myth of sisyphus and towards the uh, there's probably more themes that go into it but the general summary is that like you know with the mon redundancy mundanity is that a word mundaneness <laughs> dane law mundaneness Mundanity. 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 Okay, whatever. The the monotony. There we go. Not. Oh my goodness. Yeah, monotony of uh, life. And so Albert Camus, who's uh, he once said the the meaning of life is anything that prevents you from killing yourself. Mm. Something to that effect, uh, which is brutal, but might be honest. Because be. depending on how you, because we talked about this before, the meaning of life, whatever the hell that sentence means. Yeah. 15 tangents later. No, really. 15. And if it's in his, and it's his, and Oh, the ocean's rising. It's like, that, I'm worried about people. I can avoid the ocean. I, I, I can't avoid a, uh, a kulak. What's that? Uh, or kulakization, I should say. The kulaks were the property owners in Soviet Russia. Oh, okay. You know what happened to the kulaks? They got kulaked. They died. Okay. They all died. <laughs> they got shipped away. You know. By it, the government? Yeah. Okay. And the, the crowd enacting okay. upon the government's will out of resentment. Leeching on their resentment the same way they leached on the resentment of the Germans and the Nazis. Um, by the same way that the Nazis did, the Soviets didn't leech on the resentment of the Germans. They tried. If it wasn't for uh, that one battle of Warsaw in the 20s, the Red Army would have easily steamrolled Germany. If it wasn't for one day where they overturned the tide of the Red Army in Poland by reading their messages, and then one day it went from a, about to collapse Warsaw to full retreat. Partly Stalin's fault, so thank God for Stalin. let that sit there yeah okay you should like edit in like a, you say that and then it sort of like fades into like static like it's really really aggressive for a long time exactly and then maybe add soviet anthem music in the background maybe not very faintly 
Okay, here's the thing. Villains always have, like, the, the, the people we can agree are the historical villains. They have the best fucking music. I'm sorry. Erika, the Nazi marching song, fucking great. The the Soviet national slaps. anthem, which is now the Russian national anthem. Banger. It's, it's the most power. You, you are so elated when you listen to it. Yeah. Despite the fact that the regime was probably the worst of all time. The Nazis would have been worse if they lasted as long as the Soviets, probably. What about uh, I mean, they killed more people just because it's China. There's way more people. Okay. Uh, he doesn't seem to be nearly as malicious, although it doesn't really matter because the end result is just as, you know, 100, 100 million dying by gunshot or by starvation. He'd probably prefer the gunshot, yeah. but it just seems a little bit more hands-off, so it's a bit more tolerable in our minds as we sit here in this well-temperatured room right. talking about pedophiles or whatever. But those are the big three. I mean, Hitler, Stalin, Mao. Yeah, Mussolini is the one most people don't oh, even know right. about Mao. Yeah. When you have, I mean, then there's one. Didn't he, give, still... didn't he give up the Jews? Uh, Hungary uh, gave their Jews to Hitler. They weren't even conquered yet. They're like, sure, take it. <laughs> They're like, please. As a gift after uh, the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact that divided Poland, that started the war, Stalin, after invading his half of Poland, gave Polish Jews to the Germans as a, as a gift. Hmm. She said, so here, you take them. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Talking about, don't raise that hand. Don't do another Roman salute. So why did the trans? What was the the transition was from that to hand over the heart for the pledge of allegiance? Yeah. Where does that come from? Why? I don't know where it comes from, but it's pretty obvious what the symbolism is. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I know in Britain the salute is not the same as our salute. It's palm outward like this. Hmm. The symbolism is better than this because the palm is the on the American version because the palm is pointed outward. And it's like, you know, revealing your hand. That's why shaking hands was a thing. So it's revealing that you don't have a weapon. Mm -hmm. Same way uh, when you do cheers with your glasses. Back in the day, you know, you would have like two, you know, like pitchers of or whatever they're called. Mead. Uh, whatever. Oh, what are uh, those things? Those like German cups. Ke they're not kegs. Whatever. Those pints? Pints, sure. Uh, whatever the cup is called. Yeah. Uh, but you would do a toast to make sure that you're not poisoned because you do that. They crash, they clash, they crash, whatever, bump into each other, and the liquid transfers from one cup to the other. So yeah. if one guy gets poisoned, now both are poisoned. That's what uh, that's for. Mm. Um, what's it called? Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Toasting. Giving toast. Um, toast. Giving toast. <laughs> Giving sound, toast. All of these words sound wrong now. Fucking male. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wrench that motherfucker in a jar of fucking mayonnaise. Oh, look at that shit. Oh, oh, got mayonnaise in my fucking nose. But, uh, the fuck? The, oh, Mao. Why, why are we talking about Mao? I don't know where we went. Sisyphus. <laughs> I, that's because that's we wrote it down. Yeah. I have this great idea about it, or that, I, or at least one that I really am enamored by. The so Sisyphus, that's what people talk about. It's like, oh, the mundanity, the routine of life, and we just have to suffer through it. And Camus' idea is that one must imagine Sisyphus happy. I think that's the very last line of the essay. You you look at the, the routine and the mundanity and the absurdity and the futility of it all. Yin-yang, wu-wei, samsara, whatever. Uh, or that, that, uh, that famous... Tibetan monk ritual where they meticulously make this mandala out of sand. It takes weeks and weeks and mm -hmm. weeks. And at the end, they ritualistically wipe it all away. Right. 
and and that's sort of to signify the the cycle or da vinci has this quote where he's i'm, I'm quoting an adam neely video da i don't vinci. even i don't even like him really that much anymore he's an educational youtuber for mm -hmm. music oh, okay specifically he also, he also went to berkeley he's useful if you don't know much about music i'll say that um which is everybody including musicians suck it eat ass musicians fuck you you're all horrible people uh I, i'm gonna give like the ricky gervais golden globes speech it's like you're in no position to lecture the public on anything musicians shut the fuck up there you go i say this as a composer and career musician yeah I'm lecturing people about politics <laughs> yeah you're gonna die of a drug overdose when you're 27 shut the fuck and that's only if you're good the rest of you are gonna be playing vegas for the next 60 years Oof. Oof. anyway and that's if, and that's even if you're successful in that regard. Most of you, you're gonna be fucking Starbucks or whatever. God, I have like you can feel the real contempt. I I don't talk that way about pedophiles. <laughs> okay, speaking of which. <laughs> That was just such a proudly thing to say. <laughs> well, actually, here's the thing. You see the, I don't think you, you're not, you're not nearly as ingrained in internet and culture as me, and that's not an insult. <laughs> um, the, the meme about pedophiles, it's like they get the wood chipper. That's the punishment for all pedophiles. They get the wood chipper. Yeah. Well, fair enough. The younger, the worse. Right. All right. Like 17, these are really that bad. So here's the other thing. Like, be careful. <laughs> I, I feel comfortable saying this because I've never, ever, even when I was like 16, been attracted to like 18 year olds mm. it's always younger no older it's always older <laughs> like like mid 20 not like 50 but like you know there are plenty of attractive 50 year olds i'll say it i'll say it whatever fuck you freud daddy trump <laughs> yeah daddy trump i'm coming out i'm a gay black man for trump there you go yeah what are you, what are you gonna do about it eat it liberals <laughs> gay black man simping for trump what are you gonna do about it no, fuck. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, let's get back to the real serious topic of pedophilia. <laughs> but anyway, but like that's always the meme where it's like, you know, the vines, even going back to like vine humor, it's like, hey, yo, what's good, ma? How old are you? 15. But it's like that they were clearly attracted to the person. The only thing preventing them is the law. So that means that they would if they could. Uh, and we and don't they look, did and, when they could. Yeah, when they, when they were 16, you know. That's right. Well, I mean, just historically, like. Oh, yeah. No, in, the, in the past. Seven more tangents later. I, I think men are stupider than we give them credit for. I mean, the fact that men are stupid is obvious. That's in the cornerstone of, like, all modern commentary. But, like, I actually forget sometimes. Because some people do find, like, drama queens get married and have kids. Someone marries and procreates with Karens. Yeah. A lot of them were Karens when they were in high school, too. I think more people than will ever be willing to admit will marry out of desperation. Mm. Or out of... Is it desperation? It's, it's FOMO. If you're missing out. I think some people genuinely like, let's say, drama queens. Sure. Perhaps it's purely because every sex is makeup sex. <laughs> Uh, fuck, god damn, what was I talking about?
Okay, I will. Sisyphus rolls up in the hill, monotony, symbol for the modern life, and it's monotony. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of Prometheus better. What Prometheus did, he stole fire from the underworld and gave it to humanity, the fire of knowledge. Hmm. That was creation. It's like the it's like the apple of the knowledge of truth and evil being given to Adam and Eve. Yeah. So it, was, it sort of represents like the that, energy. Yeah, of the, it. No, the knowledge that makes human beings what they are. Yeah. It's like I find that to be more noble than the Sisyphus story. Granted, I, don't, I need to look into his myth more thoroughly. What did Sisyphus do to get punished? Uh, and Prometheus's punishment was to be tied to a rock and have a eagle eat his liver every day only for it to regrow. Okay. What does the liver do? It filters out toxins, right? Yes. It filters. Is yeah, it, it also it also processes nutrients. Right. It takes in nutrients. What is a toxin? Is that a real thing? That sounds like a BS word. People make the sound kind of negative. Like chemicals. Like everything a, is made out of chemicals, but right. we just say chemicals. And it's like, <gasps> a, a toxin is a, is a chemical that your body cannot utilize. Essentially. Urine. It's extra. Okay. So, well, no, it, it doesn't just it doesn't just remove toxins. It oh, also okay. is what converts the nutrients that you intake through food and puts it into your bloodstream. The liver. The liver. Okay. Well, now I'm asking about toxins. Okay. Okay. What's that? Is that a real? Is that, well, it's just something that's toxic. Is well, it? Is it a specific? Is it like a carbohydrate where it's actually like a molecule? You can define this as a no, toxin? no. It's just a descriptor. To a toxic like, thing. Yeah. We should we, we should refer to people that are quote-unquote toxic is toxins. toxins i agree that it's dehumanizing and insulting yeah uh dehumanization is one of the steps towards genocide do it do it do it anyway <laughs> do it to your friends do it to your friends hey do, your friends. do it do it uh but the idea of um you know prometheus he, he gives something he creates he, he sacrifices himself nobly for the sake of bettering humanity giving them fire knowledge drive you know the same thing that uh, many of the great men in history do mm -hmm. um although it's debatable on every single case like caesar and alexander the great and whatnot because they bring sure. destruction as well but let's just say i don't know leonardo da vinci yeah that's a pretty uncontestable one uh plato socrates yeah honestly jordan b peterson he doesn't talk like that but I think he should. He's shorter. Yes. I don't know. But people take him seriously. I think the fact that he's so unorthodox compared to... Because he's not a motivational speaker. When you see people, they do the Sigma grindset thing, but with Jordan Peterson's speeches, and then, oh. like, put a bunch of highlights and, sure. like, uh, watermarks all over the video and dramatic yeah. music. I'm like, I, you're, I've seen those videos. You're doing it wrong. Right. In fact, if you, if you don't like Jordan Peterson because you've seen, like, 10-minute clips of him, watch his whole lecture. Don't watch the clips. Don't watch the clickbait. There's, like, one where it's, like what women find attractive in hierarchies and alpha is what separates an alpha and then in the entire video he's like talking about crabs and hierarchies and shit because the thumbnail it's like this and like the comments get at him for it as well it's like this is the reason he has this myth about being all right or whatever it's people like you putting these clickbait when was like the video that's it's titled the video that made jordan peterson famous and it's a it's a video of him outside of a college like well, that is the video that made him famous right but it was um, like something about like his monk-like calm, which is accurate, outside because he's just trying to talk to the people. And he's like, "There's someone about to shower on his side." He's like, "No, no, no, calm down." It's very well at hand because he's a fucking therapist. Yeah. But anyway, my but, point the, is, but the whole that whole video, it's him having a conversation with a trans person or multiple, a group of trans people who approached him about 
his rally. Yeah, yeah. And then he that was his video about the C16 build. That was it. Right. And that caused all that. And that's what skyrocketed into the fame. But if you like just watch that video, he doesn't look that great. It, I mean, he says some things that I could clearly see are red flags for people. Uh, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I used to be so good at um, mediating because I could see both sides so well. Mm-hmm. I like I remember specifically in high school, I overheard two people, both acquaintances, in the hall talking and like about uh, trans people, mm. and one of them more conservative, but it was more brash about it. He 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 wasn't intending to be rude, but he used harsher words. Like, I just think it's a mental illness, he said. And I'm like, okay, well, don't start there. If you want to convince someone. Yeah. And I said, and then what we did, I, I said, oh, sorry to eavesdrop, but I, I think I get to the bottom of this. And we sat, and we literally just talked in the hallway for, like, an hour. Nice. And at the end of it, they, like, they hugged. They were already friends. I, I, I'm not, like, acting like I did that. But that was, you know, five years ago. Now, I like, I can't doing anymore they're so divorced from reality yeah literally someone what is it january 8th yes well someone referred to two days ago two days ago from january 8th as insurrection day and that already gives a whole it's a list of facts that didn't happen if you know if you know what the word insurrection means no but it's a it's a it's a word and you use that word so just by even starting there there's no chance of mediating because that's your starting point so it's like how how i get less and less patient and less and less able to deal with it so i can't mediate like for instance when the election was going on i should have i should have leaned into a different word uh, you should have said freud no it's a real freudian slip no it wouldn't no, I know. but it uh because I think we could get banned from YouTube for just saying that. Um, saying what? That it was. F- oh, really? Well, here's the thing. Well, yes, absolutely. People do it all the time. Get banned. So for saying that there may or may not have been in a certain election that has occurred, you you, you know, it's like I'm not. I didn't vote. I didn't. But it's like obviously the fairness of the procedure should be superordinate to both parties' interests. And one side disobeyed that en masse. Now, whether or not that actually swayed the results, we will never know. But that's the thing. No one even cares to look because they're just so eager. That's why I said at the beginning, uh, and I didn't elaborate on it, but like it's the, the last five years of the perfect litmus test for whether or not. So it's like you can hate the man, God Emperor Trump. I say that just because it's funny to say God Emperor you know, he called out Epstein. They like that they're billionaires, so we know each other. But they, they like split parts in like 2004, and he started uh, blowing the whistle on Epstein in like 2005. But no one listened to him. Hmm. So it's like it's so weird because I never would have guessed it. Like during his whole presidency, I didn't care at all. I like, literally, I didn't care. I, it wasn't that I was negative. I, I was so fascinated by the fact that everyone was so enraged by him. I didn't care at all. At all, it's like what did he, what could he possibly? Even if there was a video of him murdering puppies with a knife like how that reaction i mean i mean maybe then that reaction would be warranted but only then but purely policy wise like why because it just goes against the, the the cloud of ideology that is bound by the lack of logos or the perversion of unconscious thinking watch the Jung video for more context
plug, 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 plug. All right. You see what I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm losing my I'm losing my gourd here. I'm losing my train of thought. Yeah. Uh, I have also lost I, my train of thought. Finally. <laughs> I have Sisyphus. I think I said <laughs> I think I said everything I needed to say there. But like that you think the, well, that's the idea, or it's like coming to terms with the struggle. I mean that's one thing, but coming to terms with the monotonous struggle, maybe not. You don't need monotony, although that's an eternal thing. That's why it's a fucking myth that survived through the ages. That's why it became a mythology. But Prometheus is a myth too, in the exact same level. And I, I don't know personally, I find that more noble. Mm -hmm. Sacrificing yourself for the for the creation of fire for the future. Yes, for what you won't be there for. Yes, I guess that's the role of the artist is. Promethean. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the role of the everyman is Sisyphean. Perhaps. Maybe it's both. Probably it's more nuanced. It's more nuanced, probably. Yeah. Obviously. It's overlap. I mean, it's no, well, who, who counts as an everyman? Right. And who counts as an artist? There's an idea of. Uh... Well, like, is an artist a Promethean or is a Promethean an artist? I don't know how, what you're asking. Where, do, where does it start? What's the basis? Art. Does being an... The word art, I did this because I took a class, because I was forced to take an elective class about modern art. It was literally, the title of the class was Occupy the Museum. That tells you everything you need to know right there. Uh, and at the end, I just ripped her to shreds with my essay. And what, what's she gonna do? Give me an F on a well-written essay? No. But the head quote was just an expl explanation on the etymology of the word art. It comes from the Latin artis, which means to draw forth. Hmm. So it's interesting. So the idea, so physically drawing, like with a, a pen or a paintbrush, a drawing with a pencil, you know, whatever, or drawing with a sword, the drawing with a sword came first. Hmm. But it's not really with a sword. It's like to draw forth, to come from within, you know, Okay. But so what is art? It's something that is articulated. That's a really good way to summarize it. If the art's not articulating something, it's not art. So in the modern example where there's like, oh, this is an abstract piece of art, which is a statement. Then that is in their mind, they're following one definition where it really is art is articulating their point. But there's also this is one of the other things by Jordan Peterson that's always stuck with me. One of his, one of his more important claims. It was such a, it was a side thing for him. He just passively said, but it's so perfect. He says that art is when you're at the periphery of like your knowledge and you're drawing forth from, you know, uh, intuition or the, or seeing further into the distance or putting your ear up to the ground and listening for what goes the furthest. That's what the true geniuses do. Mm -hmm. They see the furthest or Goethe, the guy who wrote Faust, he had this quote where it's like talent hits the target. No one can hit. Genius hits the target no one can see. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you know what the meaning of the art is going in, that's not art, that's propaganda. Now, that doesn't mean that it's malevolent or malicious. Same thing. It, it just means that it's not truly art. I like that definition. Because even if you have a statement where it's like, oh, here's a blank canvas, that's a statement. But it's not, it, it, and it's articulating your intention. Mm -hmm. 
But in my mind, and I'm saying this as a composer of, of absolute music, absolute meaning music that doesn't, it's, it's classical. It doesn't have an extra musical meaning. Uh, it doesn't tell a story. It just is as itself. It's a self-contained thing. That's what makes music special is that it doesn't have those human symbols. And then what people do is they try to add them, which is ridiculous to me. I mean, obviously music can supplement things like theater, make them better create opera or movie soundtracks and whatnot. But so if you know what the meaning of the art is going in, and that's not art. If you can pick apart what the symbols mean precisely, then they're not really symbols in the, in the truest, like Jungian sense of like an archetypal, truly deep symbol. Because yeah. the reason that we use symbols is because it's too complex to articulate in normal language. Mm -hmm. Actually, that leads to another theory of mine because I realized in my pursuit of things like Yugi and stuff, like when I write notes to myself as I'm going to bed or whatever, when I'm having all these crazy thoughts, I realized that if you pursue truth with a capital T far enough and you try to write it down succinctly, anything prose, if it's true enough, if it's deep enough, automatically becomes poetry. You start realizing. Because at a certain point, that's the other realization of Jordan Peterson. By me from Jordan Peterson, I should say. And he gets it from Jung and all of his other studies of everything else and all of his work and psychology and reading of the science literature. It is that, um, like, the Bible is true. Like, you could put the word symbolically or metaphorically or emergently, like, as an emergent property of human societies and cultures and psychologies, if you could put that at the end of every single sentence in the Bible, it's still equally true. Mm -hmm. Or it's still true. If you just put the word metaphorically at the end of every single sentence. But at a certain point, these symbols are so loaded and they're so hard to encapsulate in normal language that you have to use symbols. And that's why they say like the poets get the furthest and they have the most deepest things and they get, you know, they see the furthest edge. They get, they get to where culture is going first. Mm -hmm politics is like the last thing it might be later than the society like the roman senate outlived the fact that they were a republic for so long like they're like 300 years into the empire still calling themselves a republic they denied that like the senate was still working even though there's this guy running everything they're still like oh i hope i become the senator this year it's like you have no power i'm a part of the republic no you're not you're not aiding anything i'm a senator that's a star wars isn't it i'm a senator Padme and the uh, oh, she goes. It can't be enough. I'm a senator. Well, okay. To be honest, I haven't seen this episode two or three. Ever? Ever? Really? Yeah. You seen the Phantom Menace? That was enough for you. You quit. Uh, I saw the Phantom Menace because they released it in 3D in theaters. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wait, how how old were you? Ten. Okay. Twelve maybe. Yeah. Okay. Fair. You probably liked it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Shall we? I guess that's about it. Don't be Sisyphean, you cuck. Fuck you, audience. Audience, you. I'm make, talking to you. Make America Promethean again. But Barker. Barker, I need Prometheus to deliver on my desk stat right now. I need him everywhere. I need photos. I need that liver. I need a bald eagle on my desk tomorrow. Please deliver. Barker. Barker, give me the mustache wax. You don't have it. I'll bring that asshole over here. 
Come on. Get me smeg. Smeg mag. Smeg mag. Smeg my mag. Come on. Parker. <laughs> I haven't seen Spider-Man. I actually don't know what his voice is. Hmm. So I'm just, I'm just, that might be completely wrong. Until next time, we actually got like a long one. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I gotta go pee pee. Bye bye. Bye. Ay, 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 ay.